What's going on everybody? Glenn P. Brooks Jr. here. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I'm a coach. And I want to welcome you to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I get the opportunity to add value to entrepreneurs, business owners, and ministry leaders both on and offline. And this episode is going to be no different. Stick around and we're going to get started right now. Well, it's good to be back with all of you guys on this edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I'm Glenn P. Brooks, Jr. Of course, you know that right now. You know that already. If you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know that I'm a huge fan of the story behind people's brand. And the reason why is because, quite frankly, y'all, when you see an amazing brand that's making amazing impact on people, and it's a mainstay, right? It's something that's so consistent, you can set your clock to it. I promise promise you, there is a compelling story behind that brand that brings what you feel to life. In a blog post on HuffPost.com, contributing writer Flynn Coleman asks this question. He says, why are stories so powerful? Well, the truth of the matter is that they are more memorable than facts. Our brains are actually wired, guys, to respond to stories. Metaphors and anecdotes help us to relate ideas to our own experiences, providing richness and texture. Stories bring you and your listeners into a multidimensional world full of colors, sights, smells, and emotions, making us feel as though we were actually living the story. It's my honor today to invite a person who I've known of everything pretty much that he's touched over the years. I worked for years in the uh, music industry in radio. And um, um, today is my first opportunity to meet him face-to-face and talk with him face-to-face. He's connected to so many people that we know. Uh, my honor to have, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to call him a musicologist, <laughs> Kevin Bond on the stage. Kevin, welcome to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast, bro. Super excited to have you along for the ride, my friend. <laughs> I'm excited to be here with the entire team. Thank you so much for the invitation. Kev, I want to go down memory lane for a second. Uh, You've been in the business for more than 40 years, bro. And um, you are probably, as a producer, I don't think people understand the nature of how you guys breathe collaboration. You don't do what you do without being able to perfect the ability to show up and be able to play with others. You you can't because because you're you're not a single entity of yourself. You're you're a part of a of a huge puzzle. Take us all the way back, man. From from the days of growing up, how you grew up, what exposed you to this? Like, where does that come from, my friend? Wow. Uh, I, I think I grew up in a collaborative household. My father uh, directed choirs for 25 years before he became a deacon, before he became an evangelist, before he became a pastor. My mom sang in choirs. My sisters are, are vocal as well. They sang. I was the the youngin who was singing and standing on the pulpit, singing, in, you know, in, in, the, in the pastor's chair. Uh, somewhere around eight, seven, my father took my older sister and I, who passed away in December, God rest her soul, um, took us and, and said he wanted us, you know, to possibly learn piano and uh, found us a teacher. I'm, I'm going to try to move through this. Um, and and the, the teacher failed. The teacher was horrible. The teacher gave me What's It All About Alfie in my first piano lesson on sheet music. I had never seen sheet music in my life. I don't know lines from spaces, F-A-C-E, all cows eat grass. I don't know none of this. And uh, then we would take this hour and a half ride, bus ride to her house, and she would never be there. So it failed. 
So my destiny was literally on the line right there. I could have made a decision that I just want to play AAU basketball or something and never do music because of a failed experience. Uh, my father was 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 very strong-willed, and he knew what God showed him, and, and he showed him that I'm going to be a pastor one day, and I'm going to need a sidekick. And, and God showed me that you were supposed to be And so he found this lady named Vera Jelks uh, in a collaborative effort. She played at Mount Pisgah Church. And and what a what a what a story this is. Watch this. She played at Mount Pisgah Church. Remember the name of that church. Um, and uh, I, I went and started taking lessons for two years under her. I didn't have a musical identity. Uh, all I knew was gospel music. My sister was playing Motown and the Jackson Five, Silvers, Earth, Wind, and Fire. My mom was playing uh, Motown, the the, the Shy Lights and the, the Shirelles and Isaac Hayes, Black Moses, all of that. My dad was playing gospel music in the house. My older sister was just kind of enjoying it all. I had no music identity until I got to high school. And I ended up in this jazz situation, jazz band situation. And uh, my my orchestra teacher, well, here's another failed incident. He never came to class for the freshman. He put somebody else, a senior over the freshman, never showed up. And I'm like, I don't want to be taught by another student. I want to be taught by the teacher. Uh, if I'm supposed to spend four years with this guy, I need to know who he is. He never showed up. So I decided to transfer out of that move into the vocal department. And they called me gay. They called me faggot. They called me sister. They called me all of, those, all of those names because I left the band and went to the choir. And I said, that's fine. But that was my destiny because the gentleman that I ended up coupling with and connecting with was a guy who, who, who literally lived my life 30 years before me. He did everything that I'm doing now. He traveled with uh, a guy by the name of Joe May, who was the Kirk Franklin of his day, the James Cleveland of his day. He he did hymn books and he's he listed in hymn books and and played for Mahalia Jackson and all of these types of things. And I didn't realize that God was literally leading me on the destiny path. Uh, along the journey and matriculating through the city of Chicago and playing with different people, I connected with this group. And this group one night led me into the Edwin Hawkins seminar. And, and what's crazy is I was not going to go because my father was in revival and I tried to support him to get a few dollars in my pocket. And I they begged me and I went. And that was another destiny point because I, I went and played before Richard Smallwood and Edwin Hawkins and Walter Hawkins and the group and not realizing that I would be connected to them because I'd been singing their material with my sisters and playing their material for years. Went back a couple of nights later. Edwin pointed me out amongst 4,000 people in my home city, uh, uh, guess what, at Mount Pisgah, the church that my teacher taught, my teacher used to play at back years before. Here I'm sitting in her place, and, and God connects me with Edwin Hawkins, and my, my career takes off. Uh, I, I went out there as a keyboardist. You want to talk branding at the same time? I went out there as a keyboardist, uh, a fledgling songwriter. My, my music teacher at that time, Kenneth Woods, the guy from CBS, my high school, never wrote songs, but encouraged me and told me I would write songs one day. Now, he never wrote a song. He arranged songs, put songs in hymn books, never wrote a song, but told me I would write songs. He saw something in me that he didn't even have in himself. Um, so through that, I went out there as a keyboardist, and a, and a fledgling songwriter, the beauty is I had already set up my publishing company at age 18, Bonded Music Publishing, which has been in existence now over 40 years. So here we are in California, sitting at the feet of some of the legendary writers, Edwin and Walter Hawkins. 
uh, being connected with the Danabelle Halls through the seminar, being connected to Thomas Whitfield, being connected to Vanessa Bell Armstrong, being connected to the Winans and, and, and being all over the country working uh, with Edwin and all over the world, actually, uh, seeing my destiny lived out from what he was doing. And, and, and from there, we grew from being just the keyboardist because I was willing to sit and learn and sit in studios and learn to, to becoming now a songwriter. My first two songs were presented on Hawkins Records. One was an independent record by a girl named Veronica Howe, a song called Guide My Way. My second was on a Love Alive 4, exactly, a song called Oh My Jesus. And, and not only that, we ended up mixing and, and, and working on the other aspects of the record because now we had grown from just being a keyboardist to a songwriter, to a publisher, to now a producer, to also working in engineering and programming. We were on the front end of electronic music and creating this whole MIDI revolution and electronic music that everybody's using now. We introduced uh, drum machines to gospel music. Now everybody's using them in gospel music because, because branding does not start with just the initial brand. The, the thing that I like about, and, and one of my marvels in scripture, and, and it always goes back to the word for me, is, is this guy named David. And everybody talks about David, the worshiper. But before David was a worshiper, what we failed to forget was David was the CEO of his father's business. That's why his father didn't bring him in the house. It wasn't that he didn't like him. We always go with the narrative that his father didn't like him. No, no. David was the only worker in the company. He was the CEO of his father's sheep herding business. If you know anything about sheep herding, there's, that's meat packing and that's fabric. He ran, he ran million-dollar businesses for his pop. So his dad was like, uh, I'm not giving my CEO away. But, but the prophet was like, dude, there's one more guy because these other guys are, are ne'er-do-wells. And, and, and watch this. The thing I liked about David more than anything was that David built his brand. David started out uh, 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 just being a servant. And then he, he, he moved into the area of being seen. This is all found in, in, in 1 Samuel 16, right around the 18th verse. It's, it's all kind of in that one moment. It says that one of the servants saw David doing what he does, right? They saw him doing what he does. How did David get to the palace? Somebody saw him doing what he does. How do you get to your opportunity? Somebody sees you doing what you do. It, it, it's word of mouth. It's collaborative. The servant saw him, and, and which means you have to be in the sidelines. You can't be hiding in your studio and hiding in these rooms saying, I can't do this. That's why I told John, get on Clubhouse, bro. Your voice is needed on Clubhouse. Your wisdom is needed on Clubhouse. And now I'm seeing this whole KBCN thing with all of you, and it, it, you got to be in the sidelines, right? But then watch this. It says he was also cunning. Cunning is not being, uh, watch this, cunning is not being crafty to the point that you're being sneaky. It's the ability to be able to know what you do and do it so well that you don't have to tell people what you do. You just show them what you do. Bruh. To be cunning. And, and you can walk in the room with those who disagree with what you do and they, they turn out to be your friends because you do it so well. That's the cunning side. This is all part of David. But then he was also a mighty man of valor which means he understood not just because the next phase says he says he was a man of war, which means he knew how to fight and he fought well, but you got to understand the strategy of fighting. 
and when to fight and when not to fight. That's the mighty man and that's the cunning piece. And then it also says he was comely, which means he cared about his appearance. I love the, the wild hair. I get it. I love the, the, the hair all over our face and, and not tamed, unkempt. I get it. I love how we can wear our clothes any kind of way we want. I get it. But there's something about comeliness because here's the piece I want people to understand. Your first impression is with the eye, not in the voice. It's when you walk in the room. It's when you walk in the room. And watch this. David walked in the room as this little ruddy kid, and they said, this can't be the guy. But by the time they got him cleaned up, by the time they got him in his priestly robes, by the time they got him with his heart ready to write his songs, the rest, of, the rest of the story is history because the last facet about David's life and what really built his brand was the last piece of that verse which says the Lord was with him. Servant, being seen, being cunning, valiant, man of war, prudent in his manners, which means he handled his business well. Prudent in his manner. He handled business well, and then he was a comely person. He cared about his appearance. He knew when it was okay to, to be uh, uh, unkempt and hang out with the sheep and, and just chill. But even in that moment, the servants heard him doing that 330 program and said, this guy is somebody who needs to come into the palace. So I, I was able to take this little simple brand of being a keyboard player to, to California and, and learn how to write songs sitting with Edwin and Walton, going to the studio with them, just sitting in the room. I wouldn't even be producing. I remember there was a moment I would go to the studio with Edwin every day when we were working on records, and I felt like I was being a bother because Edwin wouldn't let you pay for anything. So I'm like, hey, we lived across the, the, the river from us, Lake Merritt, if you will. And I said, I'm not going to the studio tomorrow. He said, he, he sat there for a minute as we were riding home because he would pick me up, and he, he said, what do you mean not going? I said, well, I, I, I just feel like, you know, I'm kind of in the way. He was like, I'll be here at 10. You know why? Because he saw the drive. He understood that I was a mini version of him and I had that same curiosity, Glenn. And just to sit in the studio was enough for me. And when they would take a break, I would ask the engineer, why they push that knob? What is that? Oh, that's reverb. What is reverb? He's, the engineer would say, go, go pick up that book over there. It's called Mix Magazine. Pick that book up right there. And, and, and what is that knob though? That knob is called Digital Delay. Really? Go pick that book up right there and read that book. And then there were times before automation that they needed six hands on the board to move the faders. So here I am mixing and ain't mixed a record in my life. And then I'm working on records that now are iconic records. And I'm working with a man who put one song out, Oh Happy Day, to change the lives of all of us. And you can't go to Europe without singing that song. Listen. If you're, just tuning in, if you're just tuning in to the program, to the podcast today, maybe you just hopped in somebody's car and they're playing this, uh, this this podcast and you're like, who is this guy? Like, I'm so pumped. I'm so excited. His name is Kevin Bond. And, and uh, we're talking about the story behind his brand. Kevin, you said something. Uh, you said several things. I just ran out of stuff. to. I, I just stopped writing because this is crazy. I, I want to go back real quick. You talked about Destiny Points. I wrote down also when others see you. And then I also wrote down grow from where you are. So many people, as a result of not being satisfied with serving, they are never seen. Because what they're caught up with is being seen. 
And being seen doesn't carry weight when they don't know that you can serve, that you can actually pull off what it is that you say you do. Can you talk to some of the young entrepreneurs and business owners and ministry leaders in the room, especially at a time where get to the bag is a thing? I am of the opinion, and I ran into this revelation a number of years back, what is the one thing such by doing that It will make everything either easier or unnecessary. That focusing question comes from Gary Keller's book, The One Thing. And it changed my life about six years ago because it taught me the value of sitting in one place until you become masterful at the thing that you're doing and thus attract that which you want, the seen part. And now your one thing attracts another thing and you begin to emerge. And so you go from a keyboard to mixing, to producing, to working with amazing people. Talk to that young person, and that might not be in age, it just might be in getting in this work. Like uh, this idea of showing up and serving, how important is that, man? Serving is everything. Serving is the key component in everything that happens. Uh, uh, Nobody shows up as CEO. Most of us show up in the servant capacity and usher our way. We're ushered through. The Bible says that your gift will make room for you. Now, we love that. We love that A portion of the verse, but the B portion is more important. It says, and bring you before great men. But I want you to watch this. It's It's not you that's doing it. It's the talent. It's the gift that's the usher. The gift is literally walking you through every phase of life. It's walking you through. It's it's what you bring to the table that's literally moving you on that elevator, escalator of life. And and the, the more you learn and the better you learn to serve, watch this, you also get to touch hands with people that you otherwise would not get to touch hands with. Before I got to California, I was working with that guy, Kenneth Woods, who was hired by Jesse Jackson to be the music director of Operation Push. So I'm sitting in this meeting every week and I'm shaking hands with Andrew Young. I'm shaking hands with Ted Kennedy. I'm shaking hands with Muhammad Ali. I'm shaking hands with Listen, I, I can't I, I can't even name all the people that come through Operation Push on a Saturday morning. At that time, I'm talking late 70s, early 80s. This is the renaissance of, of all of this stuff. We look at Puffy, we look at Jay-Z and all of these guys, but you got to go the generation before. And I was shaking hands with the generations before. Watch this as a servant, as a servant. And then when I see them the second time around, now they see you accelerating, moving into a place of power. But it's okay to serve, guys. I want people to understand that serving is not a menial task. It's uh, It's actually a very valuable task. Not a menial task. It's a valuable task because that's where you learn. That's where you can watch this practice on others without the responsibility. You can practice on somebody else's turf, and even if you drop the ball, all you get is a lesson on how to get it right. But if you're just going after the bag, when you drop that bag, sometimes you don't get another chance at that bag. We're seeing instances now where some careers are shot after one record, where they're shot after one uh, CEO stint, uh, uh, one managing stint. Hello, we're seeing that recently. So it's okay to serve. Because I said earlier, it's in serving that you learn the what to do's as well as the what not to do's. 
Well, brother, you have obviously served your way to a place where God has and keeps you on stages where um, I believe that you're showing up. You're being seen, but God is being glorified, man. No and, doubt. Uh, and I just want to let you know that from a person who um, I believe is a, res you know, I I'm here on the backs of, of people like you. Um, I, I am able to do something with a technology that's afforded to me because I sat in places with folks like you and I just learned, I soaked up, I asked questions. Uh, bring us up to current day. What is Kevin Bond, the entrepreneur, up to? What is Kevin Bond, the consultant, up to? Uh, the producer and now uh, the, 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 the producer of a solo uh, Christmas album that I, I believe everybody in America needs to get this. Because even if you are not a fan of Christmas season, like me, this album will take you to heights that will make you uh, fall in love with this season because it's actually supposed to be for every day. Talk to me, Kevin. What about today? Well, about five years ago, maybe a little bit longer, uh, I started a company called Risk Gang, uh, which is a bracelet company, which is a, uh, a custom jewelry, I call it, uh, get in the game with Risk Gang. Uh, and uh, Risk Game has been very valuable. It's been it's been amazing. Uh, we grew that company from absolutely nothing to uh, to mid six figures. Uh, it's it's been very interesting. And I, you know, it's something when you're on this journey, sometimes you don't uh, because I do so many things, I wear so many different hats. Sometimes I don't go back and do the re I don't go back and do the inventory and see how how it's prospered us. Uh, but uh, I, I didn't realize it until I actually just added up the numbers like a couple of weeks ago and realized that we were mid six figures. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" My wife and I looked at each other like, "Jesus Christ!" Uh, and we ended up on Steve Harvey's show uh, back I want to say in 2018, not because of producing, but because of risking. Because of Risk Gang, because of this bracelet company, he was doing something about uh, helping black companies and 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 doing a segment at the end of his, his show. So that turned out to be really great. So we did that, and we're still doing that. That Risk Game is still rolling. Uh, production is always going to be rolling. I don't understand this whole nature of retirement. Uh, I, I I do what I love for a living. I've been doing it for. I'm sitting in front of my studio right now. As a matter of fact. Uh, my keyboards, my gear never goes off. I'm always in mode. I'm always working on records. I'm always working on something. Uh, and I, I uh, consulting is something that I take periodically. Uh, I just finished up a six-month stint with Bishop Jakes in the Potter's House. Um, I'm blessed to have, uh, as, as, as Sherry said, I'm blessed to have cool friends who know cool people. Uh, I was blessed also to usher uh, Bishop Jakes to his first Grammy Award. Uh, so we have a connection there that that's a lifelong connection. Uh, and they call me in to do some consulting there. So I still do consulting periodically uh, when called upon. Uh, what I find a lot, uh, though, with consulting is that people want a quick fix. And oftentimes it's not a quick fix. It's it, I tell people all the time, there's going to be some blood on the floor. Uh, and and I also tell the employees that if you were doing your job, there will be no need for me coming in. Uh, it's a tough it's a tough but it's also very mandatory and, and trying to help people understand. Uh, I, I, I took my production hat off and decided after a 20-year thought of doing a Christmas record and doing a record period, this is my first full body of work. I did a single called A Song of Hope a few years ago that was around the Newtown tragedy uh, with the school children being shot and that whole situation. I wrote a song and, and put it out called A Song of Hope. But this particular year, 
for some reason, I just felt the urging. I felt the leading. I think it was losing my sister, losing my parents, um, losing a, a host of friends, losing a lot of people during the, the pandemic as well. I said, you know what? We got to stop putting things off. I got about five books in me that I'm, that I'm also writing. Uh, but I said, I told my family somewhere around the, the 1st of October that I'm doing a Christmas record. And I took the whole month of October and did the record. Uh, I did the record an entire month. I started out by saying I'm going to do about seven tracks, seven, eight tracks before I knew it was 15. It was 14. And uh, what's the song? Uh, Came Upon the Midnight Clear was the last song. I was not going to do it. Uh, I told my engineer I was pretty much finished. I actually mixed the record, mastered the record, sent it to my guy to remaster it. guy named Ralph Kashuri. Shout out to Ralph. Uh, he worked on us with the New Birth Records as well. Um, we share a couple of Grammys together as well. Uh, but I just decided to put on my my artist hat, finally. And uh, I'm going to tell you something else. I'm doing something else starting next year that's going to that's gonna be mind-blowing. And I think what's been interesting is that a lot of people thought I was gone. A lot of people thought I had walked off the scene because what happens in this industry is you become that guy. I was the guy that was in super, super high demand uh, through the through the... Uh, late 80s, 90s, that whole early 2000s thing. And, and, and we garnered all these Grammy Awards and all of that. And then a new generation came and they started calling the new generation and they think that the old guys are gone. No, we're not gone. We're always around. And, 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 and what I said was I literally stepped back for a moment to see who was going to step up. Go ahead and take it. Roll. Let's go. And I'll support you. But uh, I, I saw some people step up and then I saw some people saying, no, we're just going to chill. So guess what? I'm back. And and now you got to contend with me again because starting starting next year uh, uh this is this is a, a a clubhouse exclusive a Zoom exclusive. Starting next year, every month I'm dropping a song. Every month I'm dropping original music. Think that can probably roll for the next 5 years dropping one song every month because I've been harboring music and writing music since I got to California. And that was when I was age 23. I am now 59. So imagine how much music I have that I can literally put out in in any day. And now, you know what I really love, Clint and and the team, is that I never wanted to sign with the label because I never wanted my destiny in another person's hand. And God granted us the grace that the industry favors. I can put music out how I want to, when I want to, where I want to, and collect all that I have to. So (laughs) I, I want to encourage artists as well. You have control now, you have power, but you have to get the knowledge to know how to collect your pennies because many of us don't know where the money is. We don't know how the money is collected. We don't understand PROs, which is performing rights organizations. We don't understand distribution like, like DistroKid and, and, and SoundLab and all these other places where you can put music out. Most of us don't know. So I wanna help us get to that place of knowledge to understand. So that may become another phase of our consulting people. Just love to it. try to spread this now. I love it, I love it. Guys, that's the show. This is the song. 
it's, it came upon a midnight clear. Go ahead and get it. Once you hear this podcast live, this song will be in full swing. It already is. The album is ready. Go ahead and find it wherever you get your music and download it. Go buy it. Go do what you got to do to share it and let everybody know. Kevin, this has been an absolute honor, man, particularly this time of the year as we're recording this podcast a few weeks before Christmas. Uh, I just want to say thank you, man. You are a gift to the body. You are a gift uh, to people who you are influencing and you have no idea who they are or how your fruit is remaining. And I just want to give you your kudos here while we are sitting here face to face, bro. Uh, Keep showing up, man. Keep inspiring. And keep letting us realize that, you know what, listen, when God puts a gift in the earth, he ensures that it grows and it goes. And you, my friend of that gift, I just want to say thanks for pulling up. Listen, it's truly my honor. And I want to give a quick shout out. We lost we lost a legend this week, uh, last week. One of one of my artists as well, his name was Sammy Akpozo. He was from Nigeria and I was blessed to connect with him. He was one of the three people that introduced me to the country of Africa. I couldn't get into Africa. For some reason, my ministry was elusive to Africa. And I had fans all over the world and millions of fans or thousands of fans in Africa. And he was part of the team that brought me there. And we worked on a record together. Sammy died last week. Um, he leaves to mourn his wife as well as his daughter. Uh, only been married about 10 years or so, very young family. Um, but he, but his voice is big in the world. Uh, Sammy Akpozo, O-K-P-O-S-O. Uh, do a little Google on him. Do, check him out on social media. He, he was a powerhouse. And uh, my heart grieves because we lost him. Uh, but, I, but my heart is elated because he introduced me to his country and because we also left a legacy of some music together. So thank you once again for this opportunity. Um, John, thank you for the connection. Team, thank you for the welcome. Uh, Glenn, thank you for the research and, and, the, uh, and, the, and the fun times with all of you this morning. I am totally elated. God be praised. Thank you so much. Well, listen, guys, this is this is the end of uh, this episode of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. For those of you guys who are listening live in the audience here on Clubhouse, uh, also maybe KBCN TV, or maybe you're listening to us live on LinkedIn, hang around. We'll have a quick Q&A if there's anything you've been inspired. Maybe you're in the industry. While we got Kevin here, we're going to hang out for a few more minutes just to kind of engage him. Um, here's what I will tell you. For those of you guys that are listening to the podcast, my goal is to bring amazing people who've accomplished some pretty awesome things, uh, but they didn't do it by themselves. There's a whole story behind how they show up. And so at the end of the day, here's what I can promise you. You can't get to any place of significance by yourself. It's because we all need some help. Y'all be good. And we'll see you next week on the podcast. Until then, you have an amazing week and we'll talk soon. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us once again for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Uh, Be sure to download this, and if you need to connect to us any kind of way, uh, you can reach us at www.glennpbrooksjr.com. At the end of the day, y'all already know what time it is. You cannot get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. Y'all be good, and we'll talk soon.